0: Hey guys and welcome back to the Music Gals Podcast. I can't believe that we're already on episode 7, it's crazy, this has just gone so fast and I just want to say a massive thank you to absolutely everyone that's listened so far and I really hope that it's inspiring, educational, supportive, whatever it means to you. I'm back with another industry professional this week and I absolutely love these ones because I find it so interesting to find out about all the different roles that are behind the scenes that like you don't really know too much about. I'm here with Janicia Jones and she is is a senior royalties manager currently based at Empire which is based over in San Francisco in the US. It's quite a new up and coming label that's been doing really well at the moment. Janissi is honestly so accomplished. She's done so much within royalties. She's really worked her way to the top. She's worked at Cobalt as a manager in sync income tracking and she kind of started out doing marketing as an intern. So she's really worked her way up and I think this interview hopefully will allow you to see kind of how she progressed to where she is now and like what made her go into royalties as well because it's quite a unique area of the industry to be in. Janissia is also a long-time advocate for artist rights and she founded a self-management and artist development platform called Broken Records back in 2010 as a vehicle for DIY artists to maintain their independence in a changing music environment. Also really passionate about diversity in the music industry she also created which is her current project Fresh and Sassy Productions which serves as a safe space to bring awareness to socio-economic issues affecting black millennial women. Um, It's a podcast and a multimedia platform and she hosted a premiere exhibit which was called taking up space a music and art pop-up which showcased the talents of local black female artists musicians and entrepreneurs and I honestly think Janicia is amazing I find her really inspiring and everything that she does is incredible Um, she also offers consultation and mentorship for those that need advice um, on breaking into the music industry so if this is something you'd be interested in she actually said that she would give any of the listeners a discount to it so i highly recommend you go check it out Um, i'll obviously link her instagram over on the music gals podcast page and you can check out her website which has all the details and you can use the code musicgalspod um, to get $15 off as a discount. I just want to say a massive thanks to Janesia for coming on It was honestly an honor and I found it really interesting to learn about royalties because I feel like it's a really important area of the Industry because it's how people are getting paid and I didn't know too much about it myself So you're on this learning journey with me. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode <laughs>
1: it's
0: very ethereal <laughs> oh thank you yeah i'm so happy you've done this it was so nice when you got in touch because you were one of the first kind of people to engage with the page and i just thought it was so exciting because i was like wow you've done so much and i was just like so excited to speak to you
1: so that's amazing. Yeah, I'm always looking forward to collaborating with women in the industry. Yeah. Um, there's, like I said to you in our email, um, there's not enough of us in this arena, and I feel like, as someone who has had the experience of coming up in the business, kind of um, an obligation for me to open the door for others and, you know, just to give some advice on how to make it in this in this part of the business. So I yeah. appreciate you actually having a platform like that.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just really wanted to do it because. Yeah, there's just not enough girls doing it. I think it's just cool to kind of get role models and just hear about all the different roles as well. So I literally know not much about your role at all. So I'm really excited to kind of ask you about it. Do you want to just firstly like go into kind of, yeah, just who you are? Because I know that you said that you started doing music when you were quite young. Um, Yeah, you can just go.
1: Okay, so yeah, um, I am a classically trained musician. Um, I played violin, and um, I'm a self-taught pianist as well. So Mm. my love for music definitely stems from the performance aspect. Um, I started competing in uh, talent competitions since I was five years old, all the way through high school and into even my college years. So, um, you know, just cultivating the craft, learning my craft, being around creatives is kind of how I've grown up and um, was something that I knew that I wanted to do since I was very young. Um, I think for the majority of the music business, though, just having passion for music, regardless of whether or not you play an instrument, um, I think is where a lot of people, um, why people choose to be in this industry. Um, you'll You'll start to see people that are less inclined to um, care about the artistry and more aligned with the bottom line as you as you climb the ladder, but yeah. that's just kind of the name of the game, I suppose. Um, but having the core belief in um, the passion for music is really what drives you to stay, stay here in this industry. But so yeah, um, yeah, I was a classically trained musician. And then I went to school um, to learn more about the business side. Really, as a way to promote myself as an artist to learn how I can better um, market myself as a musician and a, as a performer. Um, and then I quickly realized that, yeah, if i if I wanted to sustain a career, it's probably more likely to do that on the business side than as a performer. And so just kind of like my mindset um, and mentality of um, being a performer as a as a way to make money, you know, kind of fell by the wayside. so um it's something i do now as a hobby um you know i have a piano in my apartment and i'm always surrounded by people that are making music obviously so any chance that i get to collaborate i'm i'm in there but um now it's just a a way to kind of fill my soul you get what i'm saying yeah that's Um, so
0: cool that you get to work in the other industry you love i think Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the path that I'm going down, actually, because I started off being a musician and then, yeah, so I think it's, I think a lot of people do end up doing that and I think that's the best way to do it,
1: so. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, and that's one of the things that kind of um, builds some camaraderie in the business when you find other people that are also coming from the space of um, performance, um, because then you you realise that they have an ear for quality and um, also they understand the plight of the artist you know know what I mean I think
0: that's so So, important as well understanding yeah the artist's direction how they feel because it's such it's so personal isn't it exactly yes it is
1: it is um that might have been another part of it too (laughs) as I've um worked in various aspects of the industry um I guess I've been a little bit tainted by how the business affects the craft. (laughs) And I didn't want to be a gimmick. I didn't want to, you know, have to change who I was even just for the marketability aspect, Yeah, you know. That must um, be really
0: hard at times, actually.
1: It is. I I recently spoke to an artist. Um, She signed to a gospel label um, down in Atlanta. And she just told me, expressed to me some of her frustrations about she has this image of what she wants to portray out there and she wants the music to speak for itself. Yeah. But then she has this management that's not, they don't really care about how she feels. Yeah, so hard. <laughs> oh, just, my God.
0: Yeah, you know.
1: that's so difficult. yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of, I told her that sadly, you know, you have to play the game to win it and that's kind of ha- a lot of the mentality of um, the most popular artists that we've seen out there. Um, if you followed them from the beginning to um, the the plight of their success has been that they've kind of had to mold themselves into this, you know, marketable yeah. um, product. And then they'll, you know, as they get to have a little bit more cloud, a little bit more popularity, they can change the narrative about who they are
0: yeah. um, and express
1: themselves in different ways. But yeah, yeah sadly, is so. kind of...
0: That's just the way it is now, I think. I think yeah. some, for some artists it's different, but I think, yeah, I think there's there's a bit of both, isn't there? There's the commercial side, yes. and there's your passion side as well. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, so your role, you, you're you the sync manager. Is that what you do? So well, do you...
1: no. So okay. I didn't release only. So after, um, <laughs> after going to school, I well, first I earned, um, three specialized degrees, one in recording arts, one in music business, and my master's in entertainment business. Um, and then I started my own, um, self-management platform. It was back in 2010 when things were just starting to look like people wanted to go independent, but it still wasn't, um, marketed that way. Um, people weren't necessarily investing in themselves as much as they are now, but um, it was starting to kind of like hit platforms and service industry. Yeah. Um, industry started booming in the music business. But at the same time, I was interning for universal Motown SRC oh, cool. records, building market um, c- marketing campaigns for artists like Chantel, Magic yeah. Massey, um, Asher Ross, um, Melanie Fiona, to name a few. And one of the most important conversations that I had while an intern, um, I was pitching a marketing campaign for Chantel. She had just um, had a song called Impossible that was written for Rihanna. And this was during the whole like Rihanna, um, Chris Brown domestic dispute situation. And so it was very empowering. It was like a very empowering song, like trying to get over a heartbreak, you know, kind of an intense situation. And so I built the campaign um, surrounding her as an emerging female artist and connecting her with domestic violence um, survivors. Um, And when I pitched that to the marketing uh, department at Universal, as an intern, by the way, so I didn't have much experience (laughs) at all, but... I remember them telling me that's a great idea, but people don't want to be inspired; they want to be entertained. Yeah. And so that was my first like real <laughs> experience in the business is that it's about the bo- it's really about the numbers, it's about the bottom line, it's about getting people to feel um, happy, not necessarily uh, connected, you know, as a yeah. human being, um, which is why I think most most of musicians we we create music to connect with people yeah um on an emotional level so not, not that entertainment isn't an emotional level but um, it's just a different thing it's just yeah, a different uh, ball yeah. game so yeah. that's why i created my business and then cool. um i then started my real like paid um position was as a copyright and royalties analyst for a boutique Mm -hmm. music publishing firm in Mm -hmm. in new york city and they um their catalog consisted of standards like what a wonderful world and santa claus is coming to town so and because it was a small firm everyone had they wore multiple hats Um, so even though i was doing copyright registrations and statuses and things of that nature, helping the acquisition process and doing the royalties. Um, I was also like helping to um, draft sync licenses. I was helping to pitch our services to um, potential clients and, um, you know, help with the legal aspect of things at, at wow. some in some cases. So I had a, a well-rounded knowledge about music publishing. Um, and then I went to um, Entertainment One, also known as E-One, which is one of the most in- successful independent record labels of our time. Mm-hmm. Um, at, the, at the time, they had purchased Koch Records, which is um, most known for, you know, they've purchased catalogs like Death Row Records and Snoop Dogg and Bad Boy. And so, like, all these hip-hop, uh, major hip-hop heads had a major distribution with Mm -hmm. E1, and I was responsible for their mechanical licensing and royalty processing there as well. Um, And then I went to Cobalt, and that's the one that you're referring to, Cobalt Music Publishing, which is now the most, one of the most successful independent music publishers in the world. Um, I was their sync income tracking manager. So Mm -hmm responsible for collecting, um, all of the sink income for the U S Canada and Latin American territories, wow. um, working with some pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty high profile clients there. And, um, just in general, Cobalt is a family. I think we joke around, um, uh, at, at Cobalt as they have, you know, their interview process is like six, to 10 people that you have to talk to before you get hired wow. because they really want to make sure that you fit with their company culture. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it feels much like a family when you get there. Uh, even now that I'm not with them, I still talk to, I have a lot of connections there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in terms of sync, um, sync is one of the most lucrative aspects of the music business. Um, it's one that's I think more promoted now because we can we have like more transparency about where ro- royalties are coming from than yeah. we ever did, mm-hmm. and so um, Sync has become like um, an exclusive service for a lot of platforms because there's a lot of time invested in you know procuring a catalog and um, pitching it to different production agencies. Um, and even just to do that, you have to have connections with production agencies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, it's the most lucrative in in my opinion, um, as a royalties um, specialist or expert, um, Mm -hmm. licensing opportunities can go anywhere from 5,000 for one placement to hundreds of thousands of dollars, especially if you're talking about like Super Bowl or like main events throughout the world. So, yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, it's. It's I like being in the royalty side of things because that's where you see a lot of the trends in the industry. Yeah. Um But it's one of the least like talked about <laughs> sectors. Yeah. No,
0: hundred so. percent. Like it's just not really that talked about. But if you think about it, it's one of the most important because it's actually where the money's coming from as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So you're working at Empire now, which yes. is quite a. Are you from San Francisco?
1: Actually, I'm from New Jersey, oh, um, and okay. I moved to, so Cobalt had relocated me from New York uh, three years ago, okay. so I've been in L.A. for, for three years, yeah. Yeah, and Empire's headquarters are in San Francisco, so cool.
0: Yeah. No, that's really I travel interesting. every now
1: and then to uh, yeah. the headquarters, sorry.
0: So Empire's quite a new label, isn't it, from what I was finding, because I didn't know Relatively. too much about it. Like, yeah. So what's your role there at the moment?
1: So Empire Distribution has been around since about t- 2010. They've yeah. kind of settled as one of the um, premier distributors, uh, especially for urban music, um, and their label, you know, they've found some success there um, more recently yeah. with artists like Blue Vandross um, or Young Blues, I we say. Um, uh, and there's some others that you can find on the roster, but... Yeah. Um, they just um, announced their publishing division which is where now i'm part of the team of six right now um, in charge of the royalties of the empire publishing division mm. um, and a lot of that is having to build out the infrastructure because it's something mm. new that didn't exist there and so that's a very exciting place to be um, yeah. having you know experience in all these aspects of the industry and be able to apply it as almost like a dream come true you know yeah,
0: 100%. So. yeah you have so much experience it's crazy you've done so much like your knowledge is just so broad of all the different areas it's so inspiring honestly Aww,
1: yeah thank really you fun. yeah yeah I just- wish there were more women out here to you know <laughs> talk about how they've gotten there because um I think what ha- happens like inevitably is that because there's so few of us we're taught to compete against one another yeah in the industry yeah, and 100%. um
0: it's a weird feeling isn't it
1: <laughs> it is but, it's sad yeah. I feel like there's room for everyone and we're all skilled at different things so you know
0: in your kind um, of bit then your kind of section of the industry have you found that there's not as many women
1: see, i've been, I feel like I've been lucky in that Cobalt was probably one of the more diverse places that i've I've worked. Um, yeah. My boss there was a woman okay. uh, and a one, woman of color as well. Mm-hmm. So um just to have like a leader that that I can relate to in any ways is is yeah, meaningful. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think they did a good job at making sure that they diversified um, you know the employees there. Uh, but there have been places that I've worked in the past that was primarily male-dominated places, yeah. especially especially at, you know, the major players. I feel like they're more inclined to want to, <laughs> I yeah. don't know, you have to work a lot harder. I just feel yeah. like as a woman to have a seat at the table, um, have your voice actually heard. Yeah, And, you know, it's important that, I know that with all of this, the things that have been going on in terms of like racial equity and raising awareness about diversity in the workplace um it's important that it's not just for the optics of it and to actually like allow people to speak up and um make a meaningful impact
0: yeah Yeah,
1: I think part of one of the things that I'm looking forward to now in this position is to hire more women more people of color Um,
0: yeah, yeah yeah So are you you're you're the one that's hiring people now. That must be really
1: interesting. That's yeah. yeah.
0: It's it's interesting.
1: Yeah. It's a nice place to be to be able to say like, tap somebody on the shoulder and say, "I've been watching what you've been doing. Yeah. I see that you you're working really hard and your talents, you know, could be useful over here." Um, and it's a team. It's not yeah. just me that's hiring. So, yeah. um, it, yeah. It's, a, it's definitely a fulfilling place. Yeah, that's so cool.
0: <laughs> Do you think you'll stay kind of in that area of the industry for like kind of the foreseeable is that what you're really passionate about?
1: You know, it's funny, when I was in college, I had a few things that I thought I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be the female ditty, like I wanted to have my own label. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, as I started learning more about the industry, it's like, well, you know what, the the music record labels are changing their structure so much like yeah and with the you know streaming had just come into play at the time that I entered the business so at the time I was like well what's the best avenue for me to make a living mm-hmm. I thought about going to law school I actually got into law school but I, I couldn't afford I it so <laughs> it's kind of like a serendipitous thing though that happened that you know my first employer didn't want a law student so it just kind of worked out
0: yeah that's crazy it's so weird how Uh, things change the way your life goes isn't it like yeah
1: just just a small thing like that but yeah you have to be flexible that's one of the things that I I mentioned recently on my IG is that you don't know you know where life is going to take you and we all have these ideas of where we where we see ourselves what we think we want to do but the best way to get there is not to be so rigid on the pathway yeah. you know we we want things to go the way that we want it to but a lot of times it's just about being flexible and um you know doors yeah. open other doors so yeah, yeah that's
0: take... 100% you don't know this one thing that you might not be a massive fan of might be the thing that gets you to the thing that you want to do that you never even knew about like
1: exactly yeah it's just exactly
0: things fall into place so yeah
1: And that too, like that rigid mentality, kind of prevents you from listening to other people, you know, when they try to tell you. Well, you know what? What I see you have, like, the skill to do is mean maybe not where you see yourself, but that could lead to something else, and ultimately could probably inspire you. So anyway, (laughs) because I I feel like we went on a tangent, but yeah, um... no, it's all great advice. Like, it's honestly all great
0: for anyone that's going into the industry like these are really like major things they need to like kind of know because when you're first going into it you're like oh I want to do this one thing and you never you never think about like all the other
1: options exactly yeah because I'll be the first to tell you that you know most people don't aspire to go into royalties it's not the glamorous part of the industry it's not most of us we like to you know be alongside the artists of the a and r or we want to be a part of the marketing because we have more um leverage and more recognition in those sides of the business but um you know cop i would say publishing for me the reason why i wanted to do publishing is because i realized in the changing industry there's always going to be songwriters yeah no matter what happens what you know copyright is always going to be necessary, you know, so I just felt that it's, there's probably more longevity in this side of the the business, Um, but then I didn't realize that there's so few of us in royalties that it helps, it gives me a competitive edge when I'm going to look at other, you know, places of employment, you know, they need royalties, people, (laughs) because no one, no one wants to do that, so yeah, you so never cool. know you yeah. never know where you're going to um it's just you gotta you know be flexible and stick with it you know Yeah,
0: definitely what do you think um kind of I know it's a kind of broad question but what kind of major advice would you give to someone that's kind of looking into going into like royalties or like maybe doesn't even know that they want to do that yet like what obviously mm-hmm. everyone's steps to get there are different like yours has been such, right. a, such a weird journey like What are the main things that you kind of look for when you're looking at employees and stuff?
1: Royalties, um, obviously, just uh, knowledge about the registration and copyright process because that's where the royalties are coming from. Yeah. Um, Understanding, kind of like just the ecosystem of publishing as it is. But um, if we're even if we're talking about um, artist or producer royalties, having knowledge about where those royalties are coming from. I think that's the main thing. Um, record sales, you know, they're connected to a UPC or ISRC number. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, understanding that process, I think, is is the biggest thing. It doesn't hurt to have mathematical skills <laughs> mm-hmm. or, you know, just, yeah. you know, practical uh, logic skills when, in terms of applications. Um, so the use of Excel is, uh, is a huge thing mm-hmm. um, across the board, like no matter what royalties you're dealing with. Um, yeah, and just having an analytical, analytical skills as well because um, there are drastic changes that are happening constantly, especially in terms of the formats of um, royalties that you're receiving, yeah. you know, and from the various platforms, being able to see what those, those – uh, anomalies are and and fix those issues um, the one thing that I do like about royalties though is that it's a huge problem solving um avenue
0: yeah
1: but I don't feel like it's if you mess up a, qu- a quarter of royalties it can be fixed it's not yeah. something that's going to you know destroy a business but yeah. well I guess it could depending on the client that you mess up but <laughs> yeah
0: I know I know what you mean it's not like public facing so much right exactly yeah. exactly yeah.
1: so the yeah. integrity isn't lost when you're you have a, a issue you can always fix it so yeah
0: you kind of mentioned that you were working on a project that sounded really interesting like fresh and sassy productions yeah. uh, do yeah. you want to talk a little bit about that because I think it sounds really cool
1: sure yeah. yeah so I think this might be the fact that I'm an Aries I'm always trying to like <laughs> i'm always trying to start something new and fresh but um i was trying to pioneer this idea of changing the way people consume music Mm -hmm. and because i feel like the value of music had decreased due to the popularity of access um constant access and free access you know um, of the streaming world but um that and i also wanted to bring awareness to socioeconomic issues that affect black woman because I feel like it's it might be like a um what's the word uh we might be on a platform now I feel like more than ever but um I don't want it to just be like a you know just because we're interested in in the thing we're a trend right now to to focus on I want to be able to you know always um, provide avenues for us to express ourselves. So yeah. uh, Brush and Stassy Productions, I started out as, as a podcast initially as a way for me to vent during a very emotional time of my life. Um, and it became a place where I felt like I can provide opportunities to Black female musicians, um, artists, like actual practical artists, yeah. and um, and Black female entrepreneurs, um, and we held our premier showcase uh summer of two thousand nineteen. Oh. um, I was hoping to do them more frequently afterwards, but then Covid happened yeah. so yeah. um but I do plan to uh pick that back out up as we start to open up as a country yeah. a little bit more. Um, that is so yeah.
0: That's so cool. I'll definitely support it, you know, when um oh, thank it you. starts. obviously I can't go to the event. <laughs> right. <there. laughs> but that's so cool. I absolutely love that. That's honestly really yeah. inspiring. Yeah, I think it's really cool that you're offering a platform. Thank you. And support. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. I feel like we have to stick together. Um, like I said, I, I don't think that society really um embraces the idea of us, you know, joining forces, you know as much as they like to say it, it's not something that they support, you know, financially and otherwise. So, um, you know, if any way that we can be the ones that's facilitating those kind of changes and and kind of starting with ourselves uh, to make an impact, that I think is the best way to go. Yeah,
0: that's incredible. I love that.
1: Um, You're um, doing it too with your <laughs> podcast. I mean, yeah. it's a platform, you know. Yeah, definitely. I
0: I think it is really fun doing stuff like this because it's just yeah, it's just supporting people and inspiring them. Because yeah, we need to like make it a more diverse place. So. Exactly. 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 Yeah, <laughs> lockdown like over where you are at the moment because obviously it's so different over here I didn't know Has it really affected your job so I'm in Nottingham in the UK um oh my gosh yeah this is so
1: neat that we're, we're talking so uh distant from one another
0: I know yeah it's really weird um so like yeah no we're in lockdown at the moment we've not had live gigs or anything for like yeah you know um how has it been over in the u.s because i don't know i know i know kind of a little bit about the situation but not as much so
1: well i mean i I live in la and i feel like we've been probably one of the more consistent in terms of being on complete lockdown (laughs) and quarantining and isolating um i think just recently is when they started to open up like outdoor patios and things of that nature so I've seen a lot more people out but in terms of like live venues and things of that that nature no it's it's still um and I feel really bad for the artists that that's their bread and butter is um performing live um I think it's just providing an avenue though for people to be more creative creative um you know I think versus is kind of like um you know, the versus, uh, battles like Swiss beats and Timbaland started with Apple music. I think yeah. that is a prime example of how, uh, you can use this time to build something that's, you know, that's powerful and can connect with people and, um, interactive. Um, and I think when things start to go back to some kind of normalcy, <laughs> whatever that looks like, um, people will probably be more inclined to do more interactive digital experiences for their fans. Um, They can reach a larger audience that way. And um, if you're an independent artist, it it just gives you a little bit more um, leverage, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, You're building your platform this way because you can't necessarily get 500 people into a venue, but you can get... 250 loyal people to come watch you every Saturday, you know, to perform a song. So, you know.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I've not really thought about it too much like that, but it does really make you think outside the box of like ways to make your music more interesting. And I feel like online has become a nicer space in a way. It's kind of not a space that we. I don't know. It can be different. Relatively. but... (laughs) But it's a little bit nicer than it was before. I feel like people are supporting each other a bit more than before do you know what i mean it's less about what you're up to because you're not doing anything um so yeah well
1: the thing is, that's kind of humbling about this experience is that we're all going through it together yeah so there's there's a level it's kind of like a leveling playing field when you're not able to use the avenues that you would let's say if you were a superstar you get yeah. what i'm saying so we're all having to use the same platforms and um yeah, so I I think in that way, it's so, a bit nicer. I think people are a little bit more um, akin to wanting to connect because this is the only way we yeah. can connect right now.
0: Yeah, 100%. Has your job, have you been able to go in or has it like prevented you from going into work? Have you worked from home?
1: So I'm lucky in that when I first got this job at Empire, um, we were already working from home. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of worked it into my contract to work from home indefinitely. So for yeah. me, it's not a matter of going into the office at all, but I'll, I'll have um, meetings with Gazi and I'll, I'll have meetings with the vice president of revenue um, that are based in San Francisco every now and then oh, just okay. to, you know, address whatever needs to be addressed at the time. And yeah. um, so, but I, i like the idea of the freedom of being able to work from home yeah, I, I know nice a lot of people yeah. don't like it yeah you know
0: i think it depends i think yeah i think i i sometimes really like it it's really nice but then sometimes you just want to go outside it's, it's a
1: yeah. Weird thing. yeah exactly
0: one of the questions I wanted to ask was you've obviously really moved up in the industry and like gone through so many different roles have you had to kind of deal with rejection at times and how have you dealt with that because oh yeah I think we all know that you know we all deal with rejection particularly in this industry and yeah Yeah. like how have you kind of pushed past it because you've obviously pushed past it like
1: yeah well no one's immune to rejection and I think there's a, a level of like there's a level of self-importance that has to come into this business. A little bit of ego comes into place because you are competing in a, in an arena where there are so many people that want to get here. Yeah. So um, for me, though, it's always been a matter of like bringing my knowledge to the table. And that enough to me is it, it makes me competitive because there aren't enough people in, in royalties to, to you know, do this job. So yeah. But in terms of rejection, I'll say that it's come in the form of people wanting me to stay in my space. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if I remember, um, I brought up an idea to um, my boss about use, the use of blockchain technology, mm-hmm. and in the in the copyright world, the use of blockchain technology could be so useful to us because there is a a consistent lack of data across the board um that if it could be more refined it would make everyone's lives just so much easier um but publishing has been around since the 1920s and because of that it's a very convoluted process and you know new technologies are harder to adapt but I was working for a technology company within the music industry and I thought well this is a technology platform so let's be the ones to to start that dialogue to start that trend and I was basically told uh stick to the royalties you know like stick to this over here (laughs) and um you know (laughs) I get it you know what I mean I get it that wasn't it's not necessarily my job um and sometimes you just have to do your job you know um but yeah rejection comes in a lot of different forms it can come in the form of you just not getting the job that you wanted um i've been rejected for a lot of jobs that i've yeah. applied to um <laughs> ones that i thought i was qual- like i wasn't qualified for and i just went for mm-hmm. those are easier rejections to take but then the ones that you clearly overqualified and get rejected for yeah, that's, that's like straight <laughs> <laughs> you know so you you just gotta like the, the L's are all lessons you know yeah. and I've got to say that um my the thing that's kind of helped me come out on the other side is knowing that just like not giving up you know just yeah. not giving up like yeah everyone brings something special to the table you just got to figure out what that thing is and and not be afraid to say what that thing is you know yeah mm-hmm. So
0: I'm so, I'm so happy I got the chance to watch you. I
1: mean, like, I've only been in the game for 10 years now, and I talk to people that have been in here in this game for 20, 30 plus years, and you know, so yeah, I like to look at this as an experience to show. To give some advice to people that are trying to break into the industry, may not know where to begin or have some reservations, it's all, you know, a journey and yeah, I think, um, yeah, these conversations kind of help to help me keep an ear to the ground too, like what are people really interested in and learning about and, you know, what's important to them. So I appreciate you for inviting me and allowing me to to talk on this.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's honestly it's so you. nice to meet you. <laughs> Likewise, Thank let's you. keep in touch. Yeah, we'll keep in touch. Right. I'll see you soon. All right, have a good one,
1: Katie. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.